We're just two cousins living in separate states, working in corporate America, and giving our take on being successful, professional young businesswomen. Welcome back to Cousin Cash. This is Evan and Rebecca here for another episode on going to college. Is it worth the money and how can you save money on going to college? And also, how do you get a side hustle? We have an article that Rebecca's found that talks about how one in two millennials actually has a side hustle while they're having their full-time job. Um, But I first wanted to start with a question that I received on one of my Facebook pages recently. Um, And it's a girl from Virginia. And she said, hey, I just graduated high school in 2017. Um, I'm wanting to go to college because I feel like it would be one of the best things for me. I'm so stressed at the thought of borrowing money. Is there any suggestions or advice that you have for me? What do you think about this, Rebecca? You know, that's super interesting because... You know, there are a lot of studies that show that uh, millennials have a lot of debt, right? And it's you go to college, you take out loans, and then you start your life behind the curve, right? And I was fortunate enough to have scholarships, so I was able to graduate without debt. But if I hadn't have been afforded that privilege, I think I would have done something a little different, Um, starting with probably going to community college for two years. I mean... It is so much cheaper, and honestly, you get the same, I, th- I think you get the same level of understanding from even community college. I mean, for gosh sakes, most, not most, but some people go and go to a full-time university and then even take community college courses online over the summer because they're easier, typically, um, or more convenient. And so, you know, I did that, right? And it's just significantly cheaper. So I think that's the start is don't feel like you have to go to a four-year university because those first two years, the basics, it's not going to change the outcome, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I know your college experience was a little bit different. So talk to me about kind of the money thing and how you kind of handled that. Um, well, it was it was a little different in a couple ways. The first one is that I I applied very late for the school that I wanted to go to, um, and so I didn't get in until the spring. And so automatically, I had to take a semester of classes um, at a community college. And I actually went to Texas to do that and visited Rebecca a couple of times. Um, I think it depends on your goal, right? Um, some people can afford to go to very expensive, lush private schools and feel free if you want to do that and spend four years there. But if your goal is to save money, I think one of the first things to do is figure out, A, like, why am I going there? Um, because I knew a bunch of people that came down from New York and went to UNCW because the amount of -of out-of-state tuition versus in-state tuition in New York was going to be the same. Um, So they would come down here, realize that they didn't really know what they wanted to do, and then go back upstate and take classes or move somewhere else or transfer at the last minute. And I was like, well, you just spent so much money that you're just going to transfer and then lose those credits and have to spend even more money on it. Um, and so I think like, know what you want to go in for. Oh, uh, I, think, I think that is such a good point, right? If you do not know without a doubt what you want to do when you get to college, that was that's one more reason why I think going to a community college, it's a cheaper and... Still, 
still an equally good opportunity to figure out what the heck you want to do. You don't want to yeah. go to a four-year university, pay more for classes, and then change your major two years in, right? Right. Which is so hard to do, I feel like, because I was itching to just get out of, like, my town and the high school area I was in. And so I can't imagine what it would have been like and how my life would have been different if I had stayed home for two years. You know, I mean, I honestly just found a major to graduate. (laughs) So, and it worked out. Um, I think honestly, the point of going to college for the most part is to network, um, to get internships and to like meet people and professors that are going to help you get placed in a job that you need to be at. And you can do that in your last two years. I mean, you got your internship through college, right, Rebecca? Yeah. And actually my first internship came from the community college that I was taking a class through. So um, in order to, so I graduated, ended up graduating early, um, to save money. And so I took a community, I took several community college courses and my first semester that I took them, I got an email from my community college, um, saying that they had a political campaign in need of social media. And, you know, that was right up my alley. And Sometimes those community colleges, especially ones who don't have big universities competing with them, have really good internship opportunities because they're so ingrained in the community. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think, I think, A, look into scholarships, you know, like Rebecca did to your advantage. Yeah, go to community college for two years. I know a family that actually requires that their kids do two years of community college and then they would pay for their college know what you want to do. Uh, look for a public school is also like yes. a one that's going to save you a lot of money. I think it's, it's so enticing to want to go to the public schools that are going to kind of cater to your every need, but like, let's be honest, that's not what real life is like. And so why start, why, why start there? It's just not worth the, the money, right? Yeah. If, if you can't afford it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense um, to go and coming from somebody who was fortunate enough to graduate without debt, it has exponentially improved my life in the sense that I'm not still paying off debt. I was able to put a down payment on a house. I have friends who are several years older than me still paying off their student loans, right? And that it, it's a setback, right? It's something that you continue to have to pay on and it will alter the course of your life in the sense of, the timelines of what you can afford things at. Oh, for sure. And I, I think um, it's it's about setting yourself up for success and being like really realistic with yourself. And I feel like kids, like high schoolers nowadays are way more aware of themselves. And I don't know if it's because of the exposure or what it is, but um, I definitely wish I had had that same mindset when I was leaving high school to say like, you'll be fine if you just spend two years, you know, it's just like one of those things you don't know until you go and everybody makes college seem like this, like amazing experience. And don't get me wrong. Like I loved college. I thought my last two years were a lot of fun, but the first two years when you're trying to figure out who you want to be your friend, you know, and you're trying to figure out your life and 
it's just, it's, I feel like it, you could have saved a couple years and my parents are going to kill me if they hear this. <laughs> oh, I, I totally agree. Like I said, if mine hadn't been free, I think that's the route I would have gone. So to answer the question, it's go to community college, get a job, right? Even if it's just part-time to kind of help offset some of the costs, mm -hmm. um, look into grants. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of grants and scholarships. The grants can give you money that um, while you have to pay it back, the interest rate on it is either zero or very low. And so that would be a great way to go. Um, any of any of it that you can get paid for, obviously. And then making sure you're living within your means, I think while you're there is important too. you know, again, Yes, you need to enjoy yourself, but at the same time, you want to set yourself up for success. So don't join an expensive sorority. You know, don't eat out all the time. Live in a reasonably priced place. Um, those kinds of things. Oh, for sure. And I thought this was a great question, and it kind of segments or uh, segues us into a couple different topics that we want to talk about. Um, and one of those is having a side hustle. And I think you found an interesting article on side hustles, right? Yeah. So Evan and I have talked about previously a little bit all of our side hustles, right? You know, some of them are short-lived, but some of them have stuck around for us. And so I was doing a little bit of research on it just because I was curious. It seems like a lot of millennials have some other source of income or something that they're trying to turn into a source of income. And so this article from the New York Post says that one in two millennials have a side hustle. And so they make an extra $258 a month typically. And the reason that they do it is for the extra income, right? It's, it's typically motivated by that and not something else. Um, and I think that the world is changing into a way that makes it super easy for everybody to have a side hustle, right? Like my Airbnb, um, I just opened that Etsy shop recently. And I even have a, a, a sorority sister that opened up an Etsy shop and now has a ton of sales. And she's a teacher, so she's just supplementing her income, right? And that's so awesome for everybody. Even if you don't need the extra income as far as getting by right it it's great for savings which are super important and being able to travel just having that extra money coming in really makes a difference oh yeah and I think too like a realistic thing about a side hustle too is um or and I don't know if you have any words of advice for people that want to start a side hustle but my main thing that I realized is depending on what you do a side hustle is going to be work it's not just something that you just pick up and all of a sudden think you're going to be making like bukus of money on it. Like your sorority sister probably didn't make hers and then three days later have like 3,000 orders. <laughs> oh, right? no, for sure. She's been doing this for a long time, right? And it's a process. And I would love to bring her on so that we can kind of ask her what her advice for starting up something like that is and kind of the lessons learned that she's had from my Airbnb. It's it's not a, as much like physical work in the sense that, yeah, I have to change the sheets and clean after every guest, but it's a lot of coordination, you know, so mm -hmm. getting, dealing with the guests who are messaging and asking for a reservation. And there are actually like 
city regulations around it that you have to submit documentations for taxes and you know all of that kind of stuff it's not just one of those things that you decide to do one day it actually requires some research but for me it has made a huge difference it has definitely um provided a significant amount of income that just helps with my mortgage right and allows me to save money and it will enable me to be able to go on trips this year that I want to go on. Evan, right. I know that when you started your um, your online boutique that you have, you had to do a lot of research. Do you have any recommendations on sites or how you even got started with it and then kind of what the follow on steps that you had to take to get your licenses and stuff up and running were? Oh my gosh, it is like a consistent like phase of learning. Um, it's it's something you really have to do a lot of research on before you open. And I kind of feel like I got halfway there and opened it, and then I've just kind of been figuring it out um, since then. But one of the things that people don't realize in entrepreneurship, I feel like, or even in side hustles, is sometimes you will go for two or three years and not be profitable. Um, Yes, you can make money, um, but it's very rare that you go off, like get out the gate making like a lot of money. Um, I have learned that, you know, you have to kind of take it day by day. Um, it's it's a process learning who your customer is, um, learning all the different like taxes that you were talking about. Um, I had to go and get like an EIN, which is a sales tax. Um, so that I could be a part of different vendor groups to purchase clothing from. Um, you can e even go to different trade shows and such. Um, but those cost a lot of money to fly in, get hotels, to visit and such. And so that's one of the things I'm thinking about investing myself in as well. Um, but I think. Don't I forget think to invite me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another great thing is you can make it an excuse for a trip and then you don't feel like it's like you're spending money into your business that hasn't made money yet, um, which which I don't think people will realize either. I, I have always been so amazed whenever I had a friend who just like was like, yeah, I think I'm going to open a boutique. And then I walked downtown the other day and she had opened one downtown. And I was like, I have been looking at rental space downtown for like four years and it is like $25,000 a year to have that space. And I was like, so you just threw down like $5,000 a month without utilities, knowing that you had to, pay. it just blows my mind. But I started with YouTube with my research and then started researching the different taxes. I called my dad's, um, accountant at work and asked questions about how to submit my taxes for the business. And I still don't think I figured it out, but I will come April. And, um, it's fun to watch people on YouTube. There's not a lot of people out there. So I thought about starting a YouTube about how I've come up with my business, but I just want to make sure I've made it first before I do that. Uh, but I watched this one girl who opened, uh, two or three different locations. She has an online warehouse and then two locations in Nevada, um, and she started just doing the same thing. She basically invested in herself, sold enough clothes to buy another one, sold enough clothes to buy another set, sold enough clothes to buy another set, and then eventually just, like, took off. Um, but she posts things all the time about, like, she's like, somebody stole from me, 
And it's things like that that you don't think that you have to deal with. Or she had somebody try to return their clothes and she realized after like kind of stalking them on Instagram and stuff that they had worn the clothes and then were trying to return it. And she was like, sorry, I see you on Instagram. I can't, re- you can't return this. <laughs> um, so it, I know that was a, like a blur of information, but I basically started with researching um, how to sell my clothes, uh, watching other owners on YouTube do it, um, visiting different vendor sites Um, And then doing a lot of research on like Pinterest and what people are wearing and who my kind of like demographic is. And then I slowly started filling my shop with different items Um, and my guest bedroom, which is a complete boutique. (laughs) (laughs) Like Dallas, my sister gave me a uh, mannequin for Christmas. Oh, that's so fun. You'll have to send pictures for everybody to see when you start dressing them in your clothes. Oh, it's already got a dress on. I haven't quite figured out a name for him yet. Oh, him? It, it probably should be a girl since it's like, yeah, it's close. Correct. But, yes. I would yeah. assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've given some pretty solid advice, if I do say so myself, to, ans- to answer your question that you posed it's just being responsible right making financially sound decisions not going to college when you probably could stay and go to community college for a much cheaper price and save that money and then transfer Um, we've talked about side hustles and how you can kind of supplement your income by doing some of these things like airbnb or uber um, opening your own etsy shop those kinds of things and what i'm really excited about is we're looking to have our next episode with a guest speaker who is actually my friend Megan who is a sorority sister who's the one who opened up the shop with about 30 3500 sales already on Etsy and I really want to just talk to her and kind of find out how she got started what are her lessons learned so that we can share with everybody who's interested in starting a side hustle and then hopefully we will be able to bring on your friend Evan who has some great advice about um college and paying for it. So without further ado, thanks everybody for joining us. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Evan. (laughs) And we're signing off. Thanks for listening to Cousins Cash. Whoops, just kidding guys. Today we're going to actually start a new segment called Rebecca's app. Here she is. Hey everybody, we're starting a new segment, um, Rebecca's favorite app this week. And so today I'm going to talk about Postagram. Now, Postagram is essentially a mailing, you can mail out a card digitally. Um, So you upload a picture and you add a message and they send it as a postcard for you. And you can actually pop the picture out and save it. And it's really nice and, you know, glossy print. And it's only $2. They have different themes for their cards and you can send them to anybody across the United States. And it's a great way, especially for people who aren't on social media, like your grandparents, just to kind of drop in and say that you're thinking about them and give them a picture of yourselves, which every grandparent loves. So make sure you check out Postagram and see what kind of stuff you can add and send on there.